1: right here on the Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network across Europe on Euro Radio TV, and of course on iHeart Radio. If you'd like to send me an email, Exone at com. on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and the radio show website and TV show website is com. And for all the great programming that we have for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Beth Banning. Now, Beth is a best-selling author, inspirational speaker, and spiritual catalyst who lives in California with her husband, their cat, and their six-pound poodle. She has published numerous books, including... Interviewed by God, A Journey to Freedom, the Meditation for Life series and co-authored several conscious uh, shifting seminars that serve as a catalyst for participating participants to emerge with a whole new way of relating themselves to their world that helps them experience greater success in the most meaningful areas of their lives. And her website is BethBanning.com. And Beth, welcome to the X-Zone.
3: Hey, so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's
1: great having you. How, do the, uh, how does the six-pound uh, poodle and the uh, cat get along?
3: They actually love each other. They're, the cat likes the dog better than us, so <laughs> we keep him around as a toy for her. They <laughs> just love each other.
1: Well, that's great. And uh, Beth, what was it that, that, that guided you to the writing of your books uh, that include Interviewed by God?
3: Well, mostly I did a lot of writing before Interviewed by God. My husband and I, uh, you know, did seminar series and we Uh wanted to get online with them. So we did blog posts and articles and all kinds of writing. And it wasn't until I had what I call, you know, I use the word spiritual awakening because people know what I'm talking about. But I like calling it a spiritual expansion because, you know, it's spiritual awakening, it sounds mm-hmm. like you're awake and you're done, you know. Yeah. But it, that's not my experience. So it's like I, it was a, an expansion into different ways of seeing my life and the world and everything around me. So when I had this um, expansion experience, I started like following these You know, people call it inner guidance or intuition, and it was leading me places. And one of the places, to get back to your question, Mm -hmm. was to write this book. I, you know, I I actually didn't think I would be doing much of anything after this experience. I was kind of just loving life and enjoying being Mm -hmm. able to settle into it. And one day I heard write about your experience. Write about what happened to you. And I was like, okay. I, I committed to following this guidance. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll sit and I'll, I'll try to write this book. But it was really different than anything else that I've ever written before. And, you know, because it was, it was personal. It was about me. It was about my experiences, which is very different than writing an article teaching somebody something. Do you know? Sure. I, I so sure do. I, yeah, So I started writing. And nothing came, and like I said, I was a writer, so it was a little freaky for me. And I, I did this day after day, and nothing came. You know, I I talk about it in my mm-hmm. book, but you know, eventually I was like, "What the hell? You know, <laughs> what is going on? If you if you're t- giving me this guidance, yeah. you know, then like give me the words, right? I mean, what what is what is this? Exactly. Right? So
1: how dare exactly. they? Exactly. Yeah.
3: Exactly. And I've never been, you know, I don't follow my guidance, like, without arguing with it most of the time anyway. But um, so so I sat there and I literally yelled, like, you know, do something. And Uh I heard, I'll interview you. So you're not only getting why I wrote, how I came to write my book, but you're getting why the title is the title. You know, interviewed by God, you'd go, what the heck, right? So I heard... I'll interview you and i was like what does that mean well we're going to have, to find, the, we'll have yeah. to
1: find out on the other side we'll have to find out on the other side of this commercial okay. break <laughs> Nation, beth banning is our special guest this hour her website is bethbanning.com and this is the exo and a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard coming to you around the world from our broadcast center in beautiful hamilton ontario canada interviewed by god is next don't go away
6: With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Help us help a veteran make it through the night.
1: ExoNation, Beth Banning is our special guest this hour, www.bethbanning.com. Mm-hmm. Now, before we went to the commercial break, uh, you were kind enough to give us a little prelude into who, what, when, where, why of of interviewed by God, and it turned out that you were going to be interviewed by God. How did that feel? <laughs>
3: there you go. Um, how did it feel? it... Yeah. It was very weird at first. It mm-hmm. was weird. First, I mean, my first question is, why me? What, what do you mean you're going to interview me, you know? Um, so it was, it was strange, but it was what helped me write the book. So at that point, I wasn't even questioning. It was like, yay, help, because I was so frustrated with not writing it. So right. I was mostly very, very
1: happy. Talk about being co author with a heavyweight. You know, hey, listen, you. Hey, listen you. don't buy my book. I'm going to smite you off the earth, and you're going to fry in hell for 10,000 years. What's that? How many dozens do you want?
3: Oh, now, thank God it wasn't that God. I don't know. It wasn't that God
1: you're
3: talking <laughs> about. So. No smiting and no, no threat.
1: Oh, so it must have been the God from the New Testament then. He was a nicer God.
3: It was It was actually the God from the New Age, and I call it a new – it's a new age of God. It's the New Age, um, you know, movement mostly. It's a spiritual book. It's really not – you know, it's so funny. I go out and people see the the word God in yeah. it, and they go, oh, you know, oh, my God, I want to read it. But, like, those people are really disappointed because it was – it's more of a spiritual book and not so much of a religious book. Well, actually, not at all a religious book, so – you know, so what, it's it, what it, I call my inner guidance. If, if,
1: if it's not a religious book, why did you use the word God? Because that's a little confusing.
3: Well, I know it is. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I asked about it, yeah. and I heard that it really is a controversial word at this point. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? There are so many people that use the word God yeah. that aren't religious or weren't religious, and now kind of there is a segment of the population now that has taken that word, sure. and people are afraid to use it, you know? Well,
1: well plus, you know, it's, it's, I think many times it's used in the wrong context. For example, I walked into a bar the other day, and the bartender says, My God, you here again?
3: <laughs> you know? You're just a silly thing, aren't you? Yeah,
1: life, it, life is short, you know? You're here for a good time, not for a long I time. I know that's right i like it yeah so so you're right about growing up filled with doubt confusion and fear why do you think you've been successful overcoming those feelings while others many others struggle their entire lives with these feelings and although they try they fail
3: you know i i it, it's not the answer most mm-hmm. people are going to think is like what i'm going to say but The answer is that I'm willing to feel uncomfortable. I'm willing to feel uncomfortable. I know it sounds crazy, but if you look at the population in the world, and even your friends and family and people on TV, we avoid discomfort like the plague, and we go towards comfort. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, life isn't always comfortable. But who said it was? And if we're avoiding it, I don't know. Yeah. I really would like to, I'd like to know the answer to that because I grew up. Now, you tell me okay. because most and you will, right? Of you course. Will tell me. Yeah, my nice most guy. people, most people mm-hmm. you are. I appreciate that so much. Most people think that if they achieve their goals, and they, you know, do the right thing, or whatever it is you're looking to do, or that in the spiritual community, it's they have an awakening experience, and they, you know, wake up, that life is going to be perfect, and they're going to be happy, and they're going to be comfortable all the time. I'd like to know who told us that, because it's just not true. And it's, it's not even like... I don't even know why we even think it. All right, I do want the answer to that. Who told us that? Who told us that?
1: Well, let's see. In some religious philosophies, it says, you know, like well, let's just take Catholicism for an example, because I'm not a Catholic, and I really think there's a lot of problems in that religion. So let's let's pick on them for uh, for this uh, segment. Um, <laughs> you, you know, uh, you you go to confession. Your soul is cleansed. You go and sin all, all week long, and then you go back to confession, and you know, your, claw, your, your, your sins are forgiven. There and you, you, go. you know, and, and, and so they it's. Tell us that. Exactly, exactly. Because, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, people don't like to take responsibility. We play past the buck. And you see, religion serves a very, very simple purpose in a lot of people's lives. They can thank someone other than themselves by taking responsibility and saying, thank you, God. Or they can use the negative and say, the devil made me do it. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, you know what? Instead of saying, I screwed up.
3: Yeah. And this is the thing, too, is because we want to be comfortable. And I lied when I said who told us that I didn't know, because I really do know. It's like we are taught this from the second we're born. We're taught to look outside ourselves. We're taught to look for who's right and who's wrong, who's to blame and who should be punished. Mm -hmm. And then this leaves us so disconnected from ourselves you know, kind of getting back to your question, is that I was full of doubt and confused and and so, like, I didn't trust myself at all as a kid, and it was mostly because I was taught not to. I
1: was
3: taught not to. We're taught to look outside, just like you're saying with religion. We're taught to look outside ourselves.
1: But you see, I, I listened to someone who I believed had his head screwed on right, and he wrote something very famous, To thine own self be true. William Shakespeare. Right. And That's if you're, right. you know, like, if you're honest with yourself, and I was the first one to admit, admit, you know what, hey, so I screwed up. You know, my mother would, ne- would never have to say whose hand was in the cookie jar, and I'd be the kid in the table <laughs> saying, by the way, I took some cookies. You know? Yeah. But people don't do that yeah. anymore.
3: Well, Well, they don't, and I, you know why? I really, I get why, because it's like, we're taught, again, it's bad to be wrong. It's bad to be—we're punished. I mean, on one hand, we're told to tell the truth, yep. and then on the other hand, we're punished for telling the truth. So it's like uh, there is no, like, doubt why we're all, we all feel mm-hmm. so much tension most of the time is because this, we're so constricted and, and, and cautious and defending ourselves
1: all the time, all the time. You know what? I've got six kids. We have ten grandchildren, and whenever any of our children told the truth, they were never punished. Never. Thank you. Never punished. They were. You know. Because, like you say, that goes contrary to what you you know. Tell the truth,
3: right? Tell the truth. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know. Exactly. But that's a rare thing. Honestly, even with a new parenting movement, it's a rare thing.
1: Well, I think the new parenting movement needs a good boot in the butt because they're doing a <laughs> lousy job.
3: Well,
1: <laughs> but that's for another show. That is for another show. So, so, do you think that that material or tangible things can make us happy?
3: Well, with and don't get what? Go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I was going
1: to say no. No, I was just listening for you.
3: Oh, okay. So, um, don't get me wrong. I don't. Yeah. I like material things. I, mm-hmm. You know, I have a nice house. I have a nice car. I like them. I don't think they're what make us happy. Nope. You know, if you look at people who have a lot of money, they have problems just like everybody else.
1: And usually, so their problems are much bigger problems.
3: Perhaps, you know, I, you know, I honestly do believe the thing that we're all looking for, but we just don't really know it, is we're looking for the connection to our higher source, you know, whether you call that God, or you call it your inner guidance, or you call it the universe, or you call it, I don't know, you know, I don't care what you call it. But we came into this life, I believe, to experience All of life, with the knowingness, we're connected to something greater than ourselves, which gives us a whole lot more groundedness, you know, uh, confidence, security. We know we're never alone. We know that, you know, all these uh, experiences we're having are for, uh, like, like our life that's what we're supposed to do is experience life and in the fullness of life so again a new car is fun and it's an experience Mm -hmm. but it isn't what gives you happiness how you respond to it from the inside how you like what you know of yourself the connection to who you are at a deep level that's what gives us joy and that's what gives us happiness in our life. At least my experience of that, you know, I never, I tell somebody, don't listen to me like it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Go out and try some of the things that I'm suggesting and then let me know what happens with you, you know, because I, again, your truth inside of you is going to experience it differently than mine. So go experience it. But, but do it from the inside out instead of looking for, for everything outside yourself.
1: So does it, does it really matter if a person looks at life through the eyes of those who believe that we have come here for a purpose, that this has all been planned, that we chose our parents, that we, uh, we have been reincarnated many times and that we come to this lifetime for a, uh, a new experience or that we're born, we're loved, we die?
3: Do I think it matters? yeah is that the question that's the question um I don't honestly thank you <laughs> okay, let me answer that question then i i i don't I don't really think either one of those things matter that mm-hmm. much uh, honestly, I think that as a person um starts growing and starts living, questions will come to them um a lack of something they'll start being aware of. And then they will start asking the questions that are important to them to get the answers. So do I, I honestly don't think either one of those things are particularly important that they believe. I think our experiences create our belief, our trust, our faith, uh, whatever you want to call it. So my answer is no, I don't think either one of those are important.
1: So, is it how do we justify, or how do we come to the decision on who to listen to, if all of these different people out there who are writing books, who are doing the seminars, uh, and are questions. out there, you know, saying do this, that, and the other thing? Because let's face it, there are so many different ways of looking at life out there. How, how does the how does the consumer? How does the person seeking the spirituality that, that they're missing in their lives, or that? feeling of completion in their life? How do they know who to listen to?
3: Yeah, that's such a great question. Well, the very first thing is, I believe all, first of all, there are so many teachers Mm -hmm. because there are so many people, and not everyone is going to resonate with everyone. It's just the truth. We don't all, like, we aren't drawn towards everyone. So the very first thing is, Start getting a sense of who you're drawn to. Now, my only, and I'll go back to that in a second, but run like crazy from someone who doesn't start sending you back to yourself because we have to get back to ourselves. So that that's my only, like, um... Supportive advice is when you're out looking, if you're if you know there's something that you that's missing and you and you're looking and if you're looking at teachers, you think something's missing or you wouldn't be looking. So when you're out looking, the two things I suggest are do they resonate with you. We're gonna
1: oh, have to wait okay. till the other side of the commercial break to hear what another the second okay. of what we should be looking for. This is The Exon. am Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
0: Dreams are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops
1: Next Beth Banning is our guest this hour, www.bethbanning.com. And, Beth, before we went to the commercial break uh, with the news at the bottom of the hour, you were discussing, you know, one of two, there are two ways. And uh, just just for our audience who may be joining us after the news, tell us what the first way is.
3: As far as when you're looking for a teacher, yes. I suggest that you, when you're out there, you're going to explore and you're going to you know, listen to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. trust your gut, trust your gut, you will resonate to certain ideas, those are the next ones for you to explore, they may not be the final destination, but they're the next ones for you to explore. And you can't explore everything all at one time. And just because your friends are saying, Oh, my God, this person is so great. If you don't resonate with them, go find somebody else. So that's the first way. And then the second thing is, I believe if a teacher in any form doesn't send you back to yourself to check in, to see what you think about it, does this resonate with you, does this work for you, how are you about it, then that's a teacher you probably want to run from. Because really everything from now on, I believe, is going to start, we're going to start living from the inside out rather than the way we've been doing that.
1: But, but so Those are my two. Okay, but if the, yeah, if the person looking or searching or seeking mm-hmm. has enough common sense to look inside themselves, what do they need a teacher for?
3: Well, there's different levels of being able to look inside yourself. So um, it depends on, it, again, you wouldn't be seeking if you were already doing it. So if you're looking, there's a level of, of distrust or, or not um, confidence or doubt in yourself. You wouldn't even be looking in the first place. So th- it's a practice thing to go, mm-hmm. how do I feel when I listen to this person? How do I feel? Does it feel good? Does it make sense to me? Is it, is it, is it a little scary, but I want to go there? So it's it's a beginning practice in checking in with yourself and, and feeling if it's right or not. And you know what? I believe the truth is we always know. We always know mm-hmm. but there's these pulling on us from every direction so like to to doubt yourself. So just start, trust yourself, go there and see how it feels. See how your experience is with it. Does it move you in the direction you like? If not, go somewhere else. So I I do love your question because we really are so disconnected. Mm -hmm. And when I say check in, does it resonate? Some people may not even be able to tell. So I really want to honor the question and, 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 Really, if you're in that place, people listening, if you're in that place where you're so, I I don't even know if this person resonates with me, then just start really slowly. Go, you know, read the book. How do you feel when you've read it? It's a a process. So uh, thanks for the question. I really did like it.
1: Thank you. Um, I've been doing this uh, a few weeks now. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You you, you know, there, there are many people within the New Age genre who believe that, we come to this life to experience it, and that we have planned somewhere before we get here to choose this life, and that we have had many lives in the past. Do you believe in that?
3: You know, a belief is a very interesting thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, <laughs> you know, do I believe it? I won't believe it till I get there and I know for sure. Do you okay. know what I mean? I, sure I do. don't know. When, when I'm dead. So, I, I, you know, it's funny because I've jumped into this world because it kind of opened up for me, but I am, like, from New York, and I am a serious skeptic, you know? So, I moved into this whole New Age realm kind of kicking and screaming in a weird way. So, again, like, bottom line, do I believe it? I don't because I, I don't believe anything for sure until I experience it. But... I do have a sense, like what I was saying Mm -hmm. before, is I have a sense that that's those ideas I'm drawn to explore. So that's about as far as I can go, is that I do have a sense in me that this isn't the first time here.
1: Okay. This isn't
3: the first time here. And is and again I can't, you know, belief is such an
4: interesting
3: word, you know. I can't guarantee anybody. I don't believe it that much that that's that's what's happening. Yeah. But I do have a sense this is not my first time. And my son, I have to tell you a funny story because okay. you know, it's like my son was born and he acted like royalty from the minute he was born. He would have let me wipe his butt until he was, like, 40. Do you know what I mean? Because it just, like, he had this sense of, like, you know, people did things for him always, even as he grew up. So I'm like, I, I'm i going, this kid must have been some kind of royalty in a past life. So those are the kinds of experiences. So I go, there has to be other lives than this. How did he get like that? You know? So I just thought that was
1: funny. Okay. If there are other lives and people come back and that these plans are are made on the other side, wherever the other side may be, why are there so many screwed up people that actually don't know themselves or who seek help? <laughs> like... Wouldn't they have the ability to speak with people who have had these experiences, or, or, am I, or am I just kind of saying, or am I assuming that wherever this other side is, that there's intelligent life forces and intelligent beings who actually have exchange sessions? Well, you know, I was on Earth a couple of years ago, and this is what happened, and this is how I best dealt with it. And then somebody else says, well, you know, I tried this, I tried that. Something doesn't, you know, something doesn't make sense in this entire realm.
3: I just love that. Like, like, who are these intelligent beings that are just not that intelligent? You exactly. What the heck? Right. Yeah. I, I totally to get that. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, like I said, it's not like I've studied past lives or uh-huh. I or focused that much on it. But I did in my book. So, the the book is called Interviewed by God. But later on in the book, you're asking God questions. You know, if you got God on the line, you might as well ask. Oh, right? yeah,
1: I agree. What were so some God, of the questions you asked him?
3: So. I did ask about reincarnation because, like, I was curious, So, what is this, right? And it's all in my book, but I'll give you the little short version, is that God said that it wasn't quite the way I thought it was. And mine was kind of more like how you just described it. Mm -hmm. And so the way God described what actually happens in this reincarnation process is that when we die— We go back into this kind of soup of consciousness, okay? And then when we're reincarnated, we don't come back as the same whole person as that we, we, you know, you, you hear they come back as different people, but it's the same exact soul or something. Like I said, I don't know that much about reincarnation, but what God said was you go back into the soup, and what draws together is desire so there's this desire to experience and all this different parts of the soup gather with that are interested in the same desire and then somehow and again i didn't ask enough questions to get all the details but that that desire comes into an incarnation. So you are a collection of all these pieces of consciousness that were in all kinds of other um, bodies and personalities and entities. So I'm not sure, like in that model of idea, mm-hmm. that there really was a particular plan other than to experience life in a certain way. So Uh, You know, it's very different than how you described it, and so I don't think the plan was that planned out. So maybe that's how people get so screwed up. I don't know.
1: God must have a weird sense of humor. Can you just, look what I just put that human through. (laughs) Put more money in the church box.
3: Oh, you're funny. But see, that's back to the God of the, you know, outside of us and all those kinds of things. So honestly, I don't think there's one omnipotent being that is sitting there watching. I think, you know, we're a collection of this. You know, we are God. We are the creation. Each of us kind of comes out in this life to experience life. So, you know, it makes it simpler if I'm here just to experience life and I'm willing to, you know, experience the the discomfort, the parts I don't enjoy and the parts I do enjoy. Mm-hmm. Life can be so much more rich and full and it and I don't have a lot of expectations other than to experience experience it. It makes life very simple, and it flows, and it opens in such a way that has been pretty extraordinary for me, especially since this whole um, expansion yeah. into a different way of looking at things.
1: But what happens if the information that we're giving people out there is wrong, that there is no hereafter, that this is it? You know, we're a biological entity. You mean as far as you know,
3: as far as a religion, or even like what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Any what, what
1: you know, like what happens if we are just biological units that are conceived, and the moment we are conceived is the moment we start to die, and which is that's it. You know, and are we are we coming up with these ideas to satisfy the fact that we are mortal? That this is just it. Well,
3: you know, I don't. I like. W- I don't know if either or mm-hmm. has really a problem to it. Do you know, yeah. if if people like thought that you know they hear and they die. If they die and it wasn't like that, it mm-hmm. won't be a problem to them. They'll be dead. Do you know, uh,
1: I I know. But so, what about those that they leave behind? Yeah. What about those that they leave behind who have the same belief structure, the same the same? Well, you know, but they way won't of know thinking?
3: either they won't know cuz the person can't come back and tell them well that, apparently oh, some I just of these people
1: well one of these some of these people that I have the opportunity of talking to channels and mediums they claim that they can you know communicate across the vastness of whatever it is out there and actually you know communicate with the departed yeah. on the other side and
3: well and again i'm not saying that they can't mm-hmm. or that we don't
1: hello I think
3: either way. Hello, can no. you hear me?
1: No, I can. Yeah, thanks. hello. Yes.
3: Okay. So hello. Hello. How about you? <laughs> so I'm I'm saying I don't think either way is a problem. Mm-hmm. I, I I went to my first medium the other this last Saturday. Yeah. And she was pretty cool. remarkable. Like I said, I can't know for sure until I die, and then I can't really tell anybody. Do you know? So if those things give you a uh, peace and and like hope and solace as long as you're living your life now and you're not living your life for after death. Yeah. I don't think it's a problem. But what happened we, we were and talking we, about
1: we were talking ahead. about honesty earlier.
3: Yeah. Yeah. By yeah. telling well, people I don't remember talking about well, Oh yeah, yeah, to
1: thine yeah. own self be true, yeah. remember? Ahead. And oh, and if we are not being truthful or if we are embellishing the truth in order to perpetrate a, a, a fallacy to make people feel better. Is that right?
3: Well, again, you can only do you, and I can only do me. And right now, we're mm-hmm. totally—I'm not telling anybody that anything's true that yeah. they don't resonate with and want to believe. Do you but, know what I mean? But if they
1: buy your book, and, isn't that an implication that they want to resonate with you? Because they're putting down their hard-earned money to buy your book because yeah. they believe that they will resonate with you.
3: And in my book, and and that's true. And then mm-hmm. that is a sign for them to buy the book mm-hmm. and see if it resonates with them. But in my yeah. book, I never tell you anything's true. Ah, I never tell you anything but my experience. Well, that's here, all I can tell you.
1: Well, here's that's all ex- I can
3: ever tell you. All
1: right, here's an experience. We've got to take another break. We'll be back. Exo Nation, yes. don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or wi-fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Guilda Wiaka, X-1 Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080 courtesy of AudioNow. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213 213- Nation, Beth Banning is our guest this hour. Her website is www.bethbanning.com, and she is the author of "Interviewed by God." And um, first of all, Beth, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a great uh, hour spending it with you. Um, in In your opinion, in your opinion, what is the first step a person would have to take to experience lasting peace and happiness?
3: I you know I, we've talked a little bit about this mm-hmm. already and it's really it's really learning how to go inside and follow the guidance from inside. Really that is what we all have to do. I believe if every single one of us starts being led internally rather than led externally, this world would change incredibly for the better because at at our core I truly mm-hmm. believe that each of us like getting past all the cultural conditioning, and that's the hard part,
4: exactly.
3: is that, that we, we would live from our hearts. We would live from the love and the caring, and, you know, deep within every single person mm-hmm. is a desire to be compassionate, but it's covered over with all the crap we've learned and the pain we've suffered and all those kinds of things. So the very first thing is to, to be willing to... Start looking inside instead of outside, you know? That has to be the very first thing.
1: But looking at all the cultural differences, how is that possible in mm-hmm. a world that is currently filled with so much hate, distrust, mm. lack of love, lack of respect, and lack of communication?
3: Yeah, I know. It really is a, it's a, it's a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean... My husband and I have developed a whole course to, to, to really start disassembling the cultural conditioning that we live through, Do you know, and we watch people all the time have this you know, we call it cognitive dissonance, it's that, like, oh my God, how can these two things be true, this is what I've always believed, and now this other thing looks like it could be true, and mm-hmm. it looks like it might work better, it's, it's going to take an enormous amount of consciousness and work and practice and willingness to get back to the core of who we are rather than just keep like we're on this you know hamster wheel that it just we just keep going and going without stopping you know so we have to stop and we have to get back to the essence of who we are which really is love and compassion it really is you know I mean, we can go to extremes, but I think that those extremes all come from the pain and suffering that those people have, have uh, you know, uh, taken into their lives and caused mm-hmm. these ways of being that are destructive.
1: All right, this course that you're, you and your husband, uh, the course that you just talked to us about,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what gives you guys the the qualifications to give this course?
3: we say we can. Um, well, we, we, uh, it's again, it's our own experience. I'm qualified. Mm I went to the best school ever because it's the school of life. You know, it's I've decided that I'm committed to making this world a better place. Mm -hmm. And then I put my mind to it and, you know, we created this course to help do that. So again, what, Even in the course, we tell people, do not believe what we say. Go and experience it in your life. So really what gives us the qualifications at this point Mm -hmm. is having so many people go through the course and the way they see the world is different. Do you know? So all we have to do is look back and, you know, have people look at the difference it makes in people's lives. I am incredibly, like, just touched and moved on a regular basis when i see when people can get underneath all the stories and the 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 defensiveness mm-hmm. that you know the cultural conditioning makes us yeah. do you know because we don't know any better all right, but let, let me ask you and, this and, and let me ask you heart. this
1: let me ask you this right. and don't take it the wrong way yeah. why would i go to I you won't. instead of a trained professional okay. psychologist
3: I don't know if you would, you know, if that's the model in which that that's what you're ready for, then, then you would go to a trained professional psychologist, you know, for myself, you mm-hmm. know, I went to therapy and I don't have anything against therapy, right. not a thing, you know, mm-hmm. if that's where you're at and that's what you're needing to do, that's what you do. And what I see is that over and over and with my own personal experience, the work we do makes a bigger difference in many people's lives than the years they spent in therapy. So that's uh, that's the only, you know, thing I can actually
1: say but about it. This that. is based on your own personal life experiences.
3: Right? No, yeah, no. Well we've built we're on the yes, and we're on the shoulders of other, you know, amazing people. The the roots of our work came from nonviolent communication, which is Marshall Rosenberg's work. Um, you know, we spent many years learning that model and we saw some things that were missing. And we also saw that there was a consciousness underneath it that was never brought to the surface in that model. And if you don't know it, it takes longer than our 12 minutes to tell you about it.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: But we saw some things missing. And then, you know, with our experience and our learning of different models and different teachers, we started, you know, experimenting with you know workshops and going okay if we like offer this to people first what happens and how are they and you know they knew they were guinea pigs and when they came in and you know over 20 years we've got a set of we call them distinctions where we offer them to people and by the end they have a whole set of new choices that they never thought they had never thought they had make more conscious choices than they were actually able to make them before they came into the course.
4: Are
1: people out there oh, really sense. that screwed up?
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. You were just saying they were.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. What I was saying I was. I don't think
3: anybody's screwed up, honestly. I, you know, I don't think anybody's screwed up. I think that, you know, there's a lot of cultural conditioning that, supports the way we behave. And you only have to look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't look at people and see screwed up people. I look at people and I see like, you know, that we're all human and that we're all, you know, exactly how we are. And then I go you know, for myself, I go, am I living into the life I want to live into? And if I'm not, what's missing? What's missing? And I start looking around and seeing what might support me. And I think that's what people are doing. I don't think anybody's screwed up. Are they I lo- love people.
1: Are they looking for an easy way to fix their problems by seeking the assistance of people like yourself and your husband who have, who have come together and, and you know, made these courses up and these seminars and these lectures written these books to, to help these people instead of them I, just working these problems out themselves?
3: Oh, I don't think we have the skills. We've never been taught how to work these problems out ourselves. We just haven't been. And, you know, I don't think, you know, I I do think, which is funny, you said, are they looking for an easy way? People are looking for an easy way. And what I want to tell you is there is no real easy way. Even what we do takes Practice so much practice. It's like learning a new language and you can't learn a new language without a lot of practice. So I think they are looking for an easy way, which I think is a mistake because I don't think there is an easy way. And I don't think they can work them out themselves. Many, many of us can't because we are in search of because we were never taught to we were never taught how to we are not taught even critical thinking never mind how how to get to what we deeply value and what we deeply care about so i i'm not surprised people are in search of Mm -hmm. because a lot is missing in our culture for us to be able to do anything ourselves then how can our way how how can our culture
1: have progressed if this is missing
3: I think everything progresses. You know, I don't think it it can. You know, we have these incredibly creative, amazing brains. We Mm -hmm. do. It's like we are creative beings. You know, and there can be things missing in all kinds of um, ways. I mean, a, a bicycle can still you know, drive missing a few spokes, do you know, and it can still be pretty stable in its, in its journey, but it, you know, so I think we can progress with a lot missing. Now, have we progressed in the most beautiful way that we could have? Probably not, but we always have time to, you know, I don't think we're going anywhere too soon is that we go, wait, Maybe there are things more wonderful, ways more wonderful that we can progress. So I think we progress because everything progresses, even with a few things missing.
1: Well, I think there's a big difference between a bicycle wheel that's missing a few spokes and then a person who's missing a few screws.
3: Well, you're silly.
1: No, I'm I don't, not. I, I don't I'm think very we're serious.
3: I don't well then I don't I don't think we're missing screws. I think that we haven't been taught ways in which to take care of ourselves that actually support us. All right, so you know, let me ask you this. We've got visual, we've got a, we've got, a, bit, a visual analogy. we've
1: got about a minute and twenty seconds. The people yeah. who need this help, are they the majority of society or the minority of society?
3: I think the people who could do things in a more wonderful, more loving, joyful way, if they were taught how, if they had the tools, I think it's the majority.
1: Wow. And society is pretty bad.
3: No, I didn't say that. You said that. I didn't say that. Hey, listen, I
1: I always call it the way I see it.
3: Yeah, I got that. All right, thanks
1: very much for for joining us. Uh, We've got to say so long for now. Exxon Nation, if you'd like to find out more about Beth Banning, and if you're a little off the wall and you need some help getting back on the wall, I call it the Humpty Dumpty Factor. Her website is BethBanning.com. That's www.bethbanning.com. I don't know, I have a hard time with people who actually... Have to go to people who have no real experience or expertise or educational or professional training for help. Just doesn't make sense to me, but what the heck do I know? I'll be back on the other side of this news break. Don't go away.